0: Hey, everybody. I'm going to go ahead and say welcome back to Roger and Me, AKA Roger Ebert and Me, the movie review podcast that's a tribute to Siskel and Ebert, in which two critics, myself, Brett Arnold, and Mark Dusick of MarkReviewsMovies.com, review all the movies that come out every record scratch Christmas Day. (laughs) Um, We usually do every Friday. This week we did a Friday, covered 10 movies. And here we are again on Monday with another five because that's what's going on in the cinemas this week uh what's up mark we it's been so long since we last spoke it's been so long it's been like
1: a whole five minutes
0: yeah so much <laughs> has been... occurred uh we, we have nothing really to say because we just we're talking already so we can get yeah. right into this episode yeah, we, we,
1: i mean it's like multiple days for everybody listening but for us it's like oh here we go time yeah. to start time, to, start time up again. to do
0: another one uh the, the slate today color purple the musical ferrari the boys in the boat the teacher's lounge the crime is mine two of those are foreign one of them's a clooney we got a michael Mann, and we've got a remake or a reimagining of a steven spielberg from blitz um blitz basil i don't know how to pronounce it i'm sorry uh here is the trailer for the color purple
2: how come you don't laugh none? Ain't you got something to make it just smile? My sister. And I ain't seen her in years. You know, if you ain't gonna laugh, you need to sell your footy bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh! I was married to a man I didn't love what if i say go <laughs> and he took my sister away from me
0: now i'm not saying all musicals have to be happy tales but whoever conceived this as a musical is a fucking madman it is not a good idea i'm sorry um you can argue with the hollywood adaptation that happened with spielberg i think people were saying that one like sanded the edges off of a tough novel that's about a woman being like raped and giving birth and those babies getting murdered or moved away to other people. (laughs) Um, It's very dark stuff. And just because there's some dancing every now and then doesn't make it fun. And I think this is an ill conceived thing when it was a Broadway production and I think started in 2005 and they rebrought it back in 20 in the 2010s at some point. Um, I think that was ill conceived to begin with. So I'm not, you know, saying it's the movie's fault. But I don't know. The music being upbeat enough does not mean the audience forgets how horrific and sad everything is. So that's my first problem with it. And then my second problem with it is that it's a very badly directed and staged musical <laughs> as presented here. You don't get a feel for the characters, you don't get a feel for the, you don't really get to see the dancing in, in, uh, compelling ways it's not choreographed particularly well i just was let down on almost every level by this movie what did did, did you find it very disappointing as I, well
1: i want to push back a little bit on the on the direction i think for what it's doing i think that it it does stage those and shoot those big musical numbers well enough that you can see the performances mm-hmm. I, there are some there are some striking ideas here like at the nightclub at the juke joint when it's just the apparently bright moon just shining through the cracks that was really striking to me um so i want to push back a little bit there maybe we'll get into it later but i am going to completely agree this is a terrible idea for a musical <laughs> i don't know what the thinking behind it is it is um all the songs except near the end for some reason are very upbeat they're toe-tappers yeah. and in the between the songs is this story for, that we know from the Alice Walker novel and the Spielberg film about a woman then caught up in this cycle of abuse that she cannot escape until much later when she starts to figure it out. And the movie, I, the weird thing about it is it's almost as if the movie expects us to know what the Mark, story is at the beginning.
0: Thank you. Guess who hadn't seen the original movie and never read the book before?
1: Oh, what? Seriously? Yeah. Oh well that's so, a problem. That's a big huge
0: problem. Huge <laughs> problem for this mo- for a person like me yeah. to watch this movie. It a hundred percent relies heavily on the expectation that the viewer has seen the movie or read the book.
1: hundred percent. Yeah yep it has to because otherwise you i mean this would be even weirder for you then because you're like why 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 are these songs of this movie and why are these particular songs it's it doesn't make okay good i'm glad i'm not just like overreacting to it it's i was like
0: the jackpot sound went off to me when you started talking about that because i was good that was the first thing i was gonna say
1: yeah this is for people who know the material ahead of time and so they can Watch it as a, just a musical that happens to have this story going on in the background. That's the big problem here is that the story and the characters of material like this should take the focus, and instead, it's all on the big production value of it and the songs, which are catchy. But uh, well, I don't remember. Some a of them are catchy. One, some of I them don't are, remember a single one. Of them. Like I, a month. When, before we started recording, I had a couple of them going through my head. So, whatever. I don't know why. It just happened because I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about this movie and suddenly clicked whatever. Some of them are catchy. It doesn't, it doesn't matter having catchy songs in the middle of this horrific story at the beginning is just a bad idea. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't understand the thinking behind it. Um,
0: I think it's a mistake. Yeah. It's one of those movies. That's a mistake from the jump. It was never going to work, but if you're going to do it, just because people have seen this doesn't mean you don't have to like do characterization. It's so lazy to me. And the pacing is out of control, just keeps moving along. Like the transitions are really awkward between time periods. It's just not a well-made movie. That's what I'm mostly struck by. And then like the fact that it's inaccessible to someone who doesn't know it already is definitely a knock on it too. That's like not how you make something. And like, if you do, I don't know, even if it, even if it, I don't know, I, I ran out of thought there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's not, I mean, there's really, uh, there's a lot to talk about, but most of it is whether or not it serves the material. And since we both agree, it doesn't, now we got to actually talk about what it's doing and how it's doing it. And I think the performances, if you just accept this as a bad idea, that happens to be a musical and how does the musical come across? I think the performances are quite good. I think there is, I very they are in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very stagey because it's a Broadway musical being put to the Yeah, screen. but it's still a movie. Whatever. So like, I know, they I still, know. They felt very stagey, but that's fine. Go okay, ahead. whatever. I think they're fine. I think they get, they, they're really, Fantasia Burino is very strong. I think she's filling in some gaps that the screenplay has. That's the most frustrating part is there's a lot of character development that should be there in the story, but this movie doesn't care about the story because we it assumes we already know it whatever she does a good job filling in those gaps and she's she's really talented when she's singing she's got this ballad near the end that's really good um uh daniel brooks who i don't know she was in the revival of the show i think she's and so was fantasia yeah oh okay perfect so mm-hmm. the people who know the show are good in this it makes that's, sense that's yeah a good, yeah it makes total sense they know the material they know the characters i'm assuming there were some cuts made to the show i don't know for sure i don't know the, the Broadway show well enough to say anything my if broadway
0: buddy who sees everything has like oh i've seen that five times and it's very bad <laughs> like, oh okay, okay.
1: <laughs> that's apparently the you but know, in terms of cuts yeah. but maybe there aren't any um yeah, yeah i don't know i think the performance has kind of worked there are some directorial choices that in the big numbers that worked for me but it's all got this glossy look to it which is fine for the musical numbers but it doesn't work for everything else that's going on here
0: it just doesn't have it doesn't keep up the energy either of the musical performances that like it doesn't like it can't it it doesn't breathe exactly because it's a horrifying story it doesn't like breeze through them in a nice way and it just feels like a crowd pleasing version of a story that took a lot of the harsh stuff out of it, even though it's all still there in the background, but it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't like harp on it. But like, I just don't know what this movie's focus is on. Like, the music is boring. Uh, there's no characters to grasp onto if you don't know the material already. I just, I have no idea what anyone sees in this movie besides a couple good performances, maybe. It's really just like everything about it does not fit the material would be my
1: biggest criticism. Yeah. that I mean, that is a big one. It's, it's the elephant in the room here. This, this, this material does not suit a musical and definitely not this kind of musical. Maybe it could suit a musical that actually acknowledges the fact and matches the tone of the story as it goes, instead of just jumping the gun and saying, Hey, this is going to be an upbeat, happy story. Don't worry about all the dark stuff happening yeah. in the background. Yeah, when I said the,
0: the... the about when I shit talked the uh, direction and choreography, I was forgetting that up top there's like a couple lively things happening because the rest of it is like poorly staged ballads after
1: a certain point. Right? There's well, like near the end. Near the end yeah. is more heavy on that part. But there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's the hell no song, which is not. Quite a balance. Oh, there's there's
0: a song about um Shug Avery's um what's the silly song? Oh, seely's pants. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> she's opening she opened up a pant shop. It's I mean, come on. What else are you gonna sing? About? <laughs> she's opening up a pants <laughs> shop. Come on. There is a there's it's so dis- there is a very very clear disconnect between the actual story is being told and what they think they can get the songs out of. when you think about it with that? Like. There's a lot more going on to Celia at that point than just she opened up a pant shop, but whatever. I it's we're not going to get past the fact that it is a bad idea, and I'm just trying to find the silver lining where it could yeah, be there, with I, the assumption that it's a bad idea.
0: And like we talked about American Fiction last week, which is a movie that makes fun of like how all black art is black trauma porn, and then this movie comes along, <laughs> but that's black trauma porn that's like light and easy to take because there's dancing and singing like white people are gonna love this is like the vibe that i got from this movie and like i just i'm sorry maybe it was because i watched it like right after american fiction i truly think it was a double feature i did on in the same day (laughs) that's a a choice (laughs) it's it was i didn't mean to it just like it works though. it works perfectly it it, it worked perfectly for me to hate it yeah it was um like character you know Characters talking, I don't want to talk like the character, like it's basically like the scene where Issa Rae is reading the book in American fiction. Like, that's how these characters talk. I got to have seconds and shit like that. It's all just cliches, and that's how people talk at the time, sure. Whatever. It is exactly what American fiction is making fun of. And that's you know, neither here nor there. To the fact that it's like, just it funny. Looks like it's funny it looks, that you it's funny, it is funny, and like the movie looks like TV to me it's pitched like a lifetime movie where like, we're just watching a woman be abused by her husband indefinitely. Apparently. Um, I just didn't understand this at all. I think it's a very bad idea. And of, because it's a very bad idea, the movie is quite bad. And I think even the good performances, I'm just like, it just reeks of if we put this black drama thing, up at the awards season, we're going to get a few nominations. And I just, I, I feel so gross about that, but it's, it's, it, it's what I, it's what I feel. <laughs> and it feels true to me because the product does not scream. This isn't a great musical that will be remembered. It's just, I don't remember. I, I don't remember a fucking thing about it to be completely honest with you. Uh, a month later. Uh, I did watch the 85 movie after.
1: Oh, good. Okay. I was going to say that would be the,
0: the four K just came out and it was like $5 on iTunes or something. Uh, uh, yeah better
1: it's much great. better. it's great it's got problems but it's great <laughs>
0: it's, it's got problems but it's directed by steven spielberg and i'll take that over this for sure uh i i'm baffled by this movie i can i, I keep too. hearing it's gonna do make a lot of money but like the only Probably. reports i hear are like it's gonna make eight million on christmas day I'm like okay and then what like I, I I really don't know if, I don't think it's gonna be a hit. I think it's a it's a mess. One and a half stars for the color purple.
1: Uh two stars, generous two stars, but two stars.
0: Yeah, I get it. With the qualm I get
1: it. It. It is a terrible idea. <laughs>
0: With the qualm that it's a terrible idea, <laughs> it was okay. All right, let's move on to the next thing, which is Michael Mann's Ferrari. The trailers should just say, you will believe Shailene Woodley has an uh, Italian son named Piero. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the funny part is, I don't know if I did believe it. That was always I a little didn't. tough to take. They
1: missed <laughs> out They missed out on just having the soundtrack be the kid repeating, Ferrari, Ferrari, over and over again. That's <laughs> all that's happening. They missed out on that. Because it oh, would have been brother. a haunting.
0: You know... I'm not gonna say Shailene's bad in the movie because she's not, but she's not Italian in the movie. Um, And the, I mean, Adam Driver is obviously great here, but I think the person who walks away with this movie is Penelope Cruz. She is terrific in this. uh, But we're getting ahead of the movie. What is it? What is this?
1: Um, It is the story of Enzo Ferrari, who created the very expensive, very fast line of cars. It takes place in a single month, maybe. In the 50s, all of it building up to this giant race across Italy where uh, stuff happens. That's all I'll say. Um, It is a historical event. Um, I ran into it after the fact because I, after seeing the movie, I'm like, there's no way that happened as it did. No, it happened exactly as it did. Um, But it is mostly about a man who is trying to have control over every aspect of his life and cannot realize that's an impossibility and it makes all of those racing scenes a very clear but very potent metaphor where you just have these very fast things you try to manufacture and craft to a degree that you can have full control over it but guess what sometimes a brake pedal is going to fall off sometimes a gear shift's going to get stuck sometimes there's going to be debris in the road that is going to send you flying into the air you cannot have control over things like that the only thing you can have control over is how you react to them and this guy is trying his best to do that and the movie just keeps putting things in front of him and it it's kind of chilling because he does such a good job of keeping all of that inside that he looks like a sociopath at times um it's a very intriguing character study um while also getting into the business side of the cars and the business of you know the company the actual motor company while really diving into this thought process of what it's like to race in what look like death machines. Even when you just look at them, they are bullets with open yeah. air. There's no cockpit. It's just, you're just in there and there's nothing protecting you from the elements. And it's terrifying. And it should be terrifying because these men are putting themselves in danger for this guy, this one guy who lets them all to um, pay the pit terrible price for the control he wants to have. It's I I don't know what what else to say I mean that's it feels like I'm saying a lot about it I'm not saying anything about the movie but well it's... that's
0: kind of the thing I feel like it's gonna be take it like people like you and I who can find beauty in a movie that's like the racing's a metaphor for the prison of masculinity or whatever the fuck we're saying about this movie like if you if you can watch this and appreciate that you will like it but there's also plenty of people expecting a more exciting Michael Mann movie maybe that will be put off by it. And I think even those people would admit the racing sequences are awesome, though, and are yeah. very exciting, and the sound design rips. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it's for everyone. I also liked it. But it's, yeah, it's a movie about, you know, ego and ambition and masculinity and uh, all that stuff. And it it does have typical... I mean, it, it has typical... It has atypical bio, biopic typicalness if that makes sense like the ones that are like we're not going to do a typical biopic we're going to do like a month in the life that gets at everything he was about so it has that stuff i think someone literally says the wrong son died at him which really was evocative of walk hard and someone should have told him maybe um i liked it a lot but i couldn't really explain why and i I wouldn't recommend it to like like my parents were over i didn't put this one on you know what i mean like it's it would you say it's what is that? What am I getting at with the, a little bit inaccessible to it's, mainstream audiences or something? Like, yeah, what is it's not
1: that? gonna. Yeah, it's 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 one of those movies where I mean I think it's maybe just because Ford Ford v Ferrari came out mm-hmm. and everybody loved it and such it's such a mainstream a very, crowd pleaser. Yeah, very mainstream crowd pleaser. That's like all building up to the race. This kind of flips that formula on its head. Instead, that it's like it's about all of the big personalities on display, but it's about twisting them and showing like this is not glory this is not glory this is not victory this is danger and death um what does he call it the deadly passion that all racers have our deadly passion our terrible terrible joy yep great line great line but that's exactly what it is it's about that just that motive to be the best and how much you're willing to do and sacrifice to do it it's it's it's, you know, and then when you get to the races, yeah, they are exciting, but they're also terrifying because you can sense that something something is going to go wrong in I a think very horrific way. And I, I was not expecting that.
0: I, yeah, I don't think I actually was expecting it specifically. Like, I guess you are because there's a pit in your stomach because it's just scary how fast they're going. And it's because of the, the human drama of it all, I think. That is why you do feel that way when the races happen because you're invested. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. I mean, he's a very visceral filmmaker. Like he no, no one puts cameras where he does, you know. He's a very unique and one of the best filmmakers we have. So like to see him you know do an introspective biopic, of course it's still going to be really visceral and crazy, and he makes you feel that mortality in a way that I think is really impressive because yeah, when it does get grim, it's like holy shit. Uh I do feel like this could grow on me on repeat viewings because I, I I really liked it, but I'm still having a tough time being like, what did I like about that? It was just very standard biopic, like guy dealing with mass. I don't know. All I can keep saying is masculinity because what else? Is I mean, there? it's
1: a lot of it. Yeah, it's a lot of it is masculinity about the expectations that he has for himself, that his mother has clearly put. There's a lot of there's a lot of side stuff happening, and maybe the disconnect, if there is some, is that it is trying to cram all of that the personal side the business side his love life he's trying to put all of that into the short amount of time not just in terms of the the, the movie's timeline but the movie itself is relatively short because that ending race scene goes on for a while yes um and so well, it's trying it, to do a lot in it, a short amount predicting- of
0: time it's Depicting the same race that's in Fortiverse Fry, right? The Le Mans. Uh, no, like, no, it's no, not, it's, oh, it's a not. different okay. one. Yeah, it's does Le Mans appear in this at all?
1: I feel like, um, they wrong. talk about okay. it, but I don't okay. think it's, yeah, yeah. This is this was unsurprisingly the last time that this specific yeah. <laughs> race was ever done in Italy, so I'm not
0: surprised, you'll see, not why. at all. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I saw this the same day or week as Napoleon, and I walked away being like, wow, another introspective biopic about a powerful control freak and his marriage and quest for an heir. So it's like a great double feature uh, in that regard. Um, I really like this. I just have trouble. Recommend- it's one of those movies that I'm like, would recommend it to like, you know, the Michael Mann freaks and like the art house folks. Like, I don't know if my parents would get the thrill that they got out of Ford versus Ferrari. Maybe I'm underselling it though. I don't know. I just people want to make got clear a thrill
1: out of Oppenheimer. You're That's right. I think I'm a un- movie. About, about, you know um, what?
0: And my parents and might. I did, I did watch that with them and they loved it. Every like, My wife liked it. Like it's, such, it's, I think the, the idea that I'm spouting about how like audiences aren't ready for something like this. Maybe I'm the asshole and audiences are ready. Uh, I hope people go see this. Uh, it would be cool if it made money. 3
1: stars for me. A very respectable yeah. 3 star movie. I really liked it. 3 stars for me too. I did go back to watch it for technical reasons that we discussed. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Uh, off 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 screen but I did fix the issue. Good. I have a good I have a really Was my easy summary way to fix-
0: was my summary eh, good? It was okay. Not really. I don't re- I, it was a long <laughs> was, time ago.
1: It was okay. I've managed to fix I, I know how to fix a DVD. Not a Blu-ray, but an actual DVD. I know how to fix one if it's scratched. I will just say that because a certain distributor was not very helpful in letting me finish this movie, but is I got toothpaste? to finish it on oh my own. No, it is uh it's uh petroleum jelly. It's Vaseline. Oh,
0: interesting. I used to yeah, I remember it worked I used like to- a charm. I used to use toothpaste and it used to work uh, on yeah. scratches on discs. That's so weird. Yeah. I'm glad you were able to finish it because I'm like, yeah, he, Mark, Mark was like, the last minute didn't work for me. Like what happens? And I'm like,
1: there was a lot you said, uh, you've got the basic summary, but there was also yeah. all the text code and stuff. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think of what I said. I think I just said like, you yeah. know, his no, wife don't was don't telling the spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good movie. Rich yes. movie. I wish I saw it more recently and could have talked about it a little better, but, uh, there you have it. What are you gonna do? We're talking about 15 movies. Lay off me. Uh The Boys in the Boat. I'm sure we'll talk about this for another for several several minutes. Uh George Clooney's latest. Can we talk about George Clooney's run for a second? I gotta I gotta pull if you up. You have deep. to go ahead. <laughs> I do have to. I have to pull up his run of directing. Cause like the first few are like fine. I think people liked you know, uh uh what's that movie called? um confessions of a dangerous mind people were fine with late good night and good luck people were fine with leatherheads was like the start of there may be some trouble here then he did the ides of march which definitely exists and people remember but from 2014 on let's (laughs) this is just a rough really rough uh patch that makes him the king of directors that don't directing movies that do not exist we've got the monuments men we all know and love suburbicon totally non-existent movie the midnight sky completely non-existent movie the tender bar oh another very expensive streaming non-existent movie and now we have it seems like did he do one of these with every streamer no that's a uh, midnight sky's a netflix tender bar's an amazon and i think this is also an amazon but oh no this is
1: this is theatrical i mean technically because it's mgm it's gonna it's oh it's i amazon, see it. but got it got yeah. it got it
0: yeah, well, you could have fooled me. It does not feel like a theatrical movie. Here is the trailer for George Clooney's Return to Form, The Boys in the Boat.
2: There are some moments in life you can never forget. The Depression hit everyone hard. No jobs, no food. We were broke. Looks like you still owe a balance on this semester. So what's that about making some money? You're the Rowan team. Your Honor, you get a part-time job included. she place to live. A-man crew is the most difficult team sport in the world. The average human body is just not meant for such things. Most of you will not be chosen. Beautiful speech, coach.
0: George Clooney makes movies for people that say, they don't make them like that anymore. He really thinks he's making them like an old school way. But I I wish I had it pulled up. My buddy Jesse said something in his review that made me laugh so hard. It was like, does George Clooney think that old movies didn't have dramatic tension? <laughs> uh this movie's quite bad, but uh I'll let Mark get into that. Oh, do I have to? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, it well, is based it, keep,
1: on keep it quick. Some boys are in Here a boat. Here we go. Here we go. Boys in the boat. They're in a boat. They're boys. A, um so it's based on a true story that became a best selling nonfiction book about this state school team that, you know, overcomes all the odds and beats all of these Ivy League schools and makes it to the Olympics. And uh the Olympics in Berlin, where Jesse Owens is and where Hitler is. And um um yeah, I mean that's that's basically the movie. I, it it is a collection of oh a montage of montages Hitler, of training Hitler montages. shows
0: up. Don't worry.
1: Yeah, he does the worst kind of reaction shots of Hitler, random Hitler reaction shots. They might be the worst sort of random reaction shot is ones of Hitler. Like you should be able to like when, when Hitler's <laughs> on screen, you should feel something. You, you should awful. offer him some lemonade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a callback. Anyway, last to last to the Check part one of this episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, it's like it, there's, no, there, there, there's no dramatic tension here. You know exactly what's going to happen here, even if you don't know the story, because why else would you make a movie about this? And Clooney doesn't have any sense of suspense or anything to it. It's just training montages and practice montages and then montages of the actual races. You never get a sense of who these people are. It doesn't it's I don't know why it's called the boys on the boat when it focuses on one guy. One and his of the girlfriend the whole time. And yeah. his girlfriend the entire time. And there are all these other characters in the boat with them, and they don't matter unless it comes up with some sort of mild suspense that gets you know, resolved immediately. It's such a weird anticlimactic movie at every single moment.
0: Yeah, you do not get a sense of the team because the movie's focused on this guy whose romance is the most boring. I don't remember. Yeah, single, oh. like who cares Jeez. about any they of They knew
1: each other and they knew each other like in grade school and now they're both, both at the same college. That's it. Yeah,
0: great. Cool. It's just the most bland, cliche driven movie I've seen in a long time. I like that George Clooney hired Alexandra Desplat to do the score as if the thinking, like, well, if my movie sucks, at least I'll get a best score nomination because that guy wins academy awards every fucking year i feel like um he gets
1: nominated for sure so
0: yeah so they could get nominated could sneak in there but oh god i had something to say and i just completely fucking forgot it so <laughs> you keep going for now sorry okay oh wait i found you know, my notes oh, oh good okay you, you keep going though go ahead
1: oh no i ran out go okay go on. maybe i'll yeah. we'll get, get something because i'm okay
0: um there's just no way to make this stuff look cool either. Like the goofy like megaphone attachment that the jockeys have to wear. It's all just inherently uncinematic stuff, right? There's a reason the regatta scene in Social Network works and it's because it's a scene and not a fucking movie. And oh, I remember what I wanted to say, Mark. In the press, George Clooney is out here talking shit about that scene in Social Network. He says, if you actually look at that scene, it's really bad rowing that's what he says he's like he he tried really hard he talks about how the editing in this movie boys in the boat how many cuts they had to do to make the rowing exciting acknowledging that it's very uncinematic and uninteresting i just i have no idea what he why he made this movie because he seems to also think it's boring um
1: this is a, that's a weird that's a weird thing to say because i can counter it, that argument that rowing is not cinematic with two words the novice with Isabel Furman, which makes you understand exactly why rowing is such a difficult sport and what you have to do, what the human body has to endure to do it. This movie doesn't get any of that information across at all. It's such a weird thing that you spend so much time showing how difficult it is to train without actually explaining why rowing is the kind of sport it is and what it takes to actually do it. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. I I don't
0: yeah. I I found the setup compelling, where it's like these guys, it's the Great Depression or whatever, and they're so poor, they're all just doing this for housing or whatever. Like, there's interesting. Yeah, there's interesting stuff to that, but like that's the only period detail you get. (laughs) That's it. it's like (laughs) that moment, and then it's it just moves on. It is a, it's like perfectly watchable. I don't want to like. It's like not. Tear your eyes out bad. It's the mo- it's just boring, it's but dull. watchable. It's yeah, it's so dull. And like there's really ugly CGI overhead shots, I think, that like really took me out. And it's just like clearly, this like Clooney was able to make a deal with this with Amazon or whoever, and just like gave them huge budgets to waste on these fucking vanity projects that no one sees. Um, it is astounding, kind of how this movie just kind of lays there and to me, it's not even bad. It's just boring, and who cares? And trite. And like, there's dialogue that made me laugh out loud. That's so bad. It, I think it was like, it's not about you or me. It's about the boat. <laughs> like, it's just really <laughs> stupid shit like that. Um, it's bad. It's a one and a half star movie. I I'm like you said, it's George. not
1: bad. It's not bad. As you said, it's bad. It is. Yeah, bad. I am also giving it one and a half. It's yeah. not. It is not good. And this should be at least vaguely inspirational but it's not because you can sense every beat that's coming because i i I don't know and there's no there's no tension there's no suspense there's no nothing to it because you don't understand the characters you don't understand what they're going through i just
0: yeah it just lies there it's 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 a whole lot of nothing maybe the book's interesting uh here's the trailer for a uh foreign film coming out from sony it's called teacher's lounge Here's a trailer.
1: Achtung, fertig, los! Ah!
2: Alle, die jetzt noch hier sind, hören genau zu. Wir würden gerne einen Blick in eure
0: Portemonnaies werfen. Das Ganze ist natürlich freiwillig, aber wer nicht zu verbergen hat, der braucht sich auch keine Sorgen machen. Wer sitzt hier? Oscar sitzt da.
2: Wo ist dein Portemonnaie, Oskar?
0: Ich habe keins.
1: Und das hier?
2: Freunde. Wessen Platz ist das? Ich kann Ihre Empörung sehr wohl verstehen, Frau Nowak, aber Sie wissen nicht, wie lange das hier alles schon so geht. Es gibt an unserer Schule leider Leute, die klauen alles, was sie zwischen die Finger kriegen, und zwar einfach so. Wir haben hier eine null und das bedeutet, dass wir jeder Kleinigkeit nachgehen. Ich gehe jetzt hier mit meinem Stift diese Namensliste ab, und alles, was du tun musst, ist zu nicken, wenn du eine Ahnung hast. Ja?
0: All right, explain what's going on here? Cause that was a little obtuse. From, that was uh, German.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was no, entirely
0: mean, in German for the listener.
1: Yeah. So, so, I mean, if you know German congrats, you understand the plot of this, everybody else. It is a school in Germany, obviously. And this, there's a string of petty theft and like a box of pencils gets stolen. And some money is stolen out of the pockets of teachers and the wallets of teachers, and so the teachers crack down, assuming all a student is doing this, and one teacher stands up for the students, finds out likely who's stealing, and faces the repercussions of coming forward. It is so, so chilling and so thrilling, and it is just a workplace drama. When you really yeah. boil down to it, it's just a workplace drama, but it has... This claustrophobic sense, not just like the academy ratio, obviously, good use of it. I know that you complain about that sometimes, but there's a good use of it here where you feel yeah. just boxed in by the situation. Hey, yeah, by that's almost always
0: on. what it's going for. And it is, you know, if it, it doesn't works, always they pull works.
1: it off. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but this one pulls off that aspect ratio for sure. That yeah. score that's just like Hitchcockian and building up. And it's just this teacher walking around the school towards who knows what because we don't know what's going to happen all the parents start rebelling against her her colleagues start to suspect that she might be doing awful things like to call them out and look for things that they're doing because all of them have a secret
0: the student journalists are on her tail oh my i love the school newspaper newspaper i
1: i i don't know if it is if that scene if those scenes are supposed to be critical of modern day journalism or if it's like these kids are the future and maybe we yeah. should be optimistic. I'm leaning towards the latter because I yeah. really like the kids who just know exactly what a journalist is supposed to do and they go through with it. Yeah, I who really, understand really
0: institutional will... politics and shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I
1: really, really like this movie because of those yeah. little details and that sense of it doesn't feel like a one-to-one parallel with the real world and how systems work. But it's all there. It's right there. Oh, the yeah. You could like, graft this on to this is a yeah. movie about the way we live today. Sure. You could easily do that. But it doesn't. But I wasn't doing that. I think that's just a little extra bonus that like this is what systems and institutions are going through right now. Like, what is the truth? How much do you have to provide as evidence, even though it's obvious Yeah. for something to be like? a reality as something that would be provable in a court of law or in the court of public opinion. I really like all of that stuff, but it's the t- details of just the way this school runs. This, I have a feeling that a lot of teachers who watch this are going to feel um, a very fond, not fond, yeah. but a sense of Scene. recognition for this. Yeah. This is probably going to be a horror movie specifically for teachers. Um, it feels like it has that level of specificity where you understand everything that's going on here
0: yeah, I really enjoyed this too. It's this the tension that's building as you're wa- yeah, as you're watching this teacher try to do the right thing, ostensibly right, or mm-hmm. what she thinks is the right thing. What I was struck by, and again, maybe it's just watching it in close proximity to this movie. but did you think it would pair nicely with Monster, a movie that mm-hmm. was like very much about school drama and the politics around that. I think those are two very different movies that two that do very different things with that setup. But they did remind me of each other.
1: I thought it would make a good double feature also with full time that we talked about earlier oh, yeah. this year, where it is just this very normal, everyday sort of situation that turns on its head and you can feel like that just utter despair and tension that's going on from just an ordinary situation. That was- Yeah,
0: and it's... what. And that's one one of those movies that puts you in a situation and you're just like left thinking like, well, what would I do here? And you feel both sides of like, well, it's yeah, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. It's it's a really fun watch. Uh, You wanted uh, the the lead. It's like basically a one woman show here. Yeah, she's really good. Apparently, she was also in. I see that I've seen her in a movie called The White Ribbon from Michael Haneke, which is funny. Yeah because i was going to compare this to michael haneke it's like michael i think someone on my letterbox said it's like my, if michael haneke directed abbott elementary or something <laughs> and that's a pretty funny description <laughs> so now i'm picturing that um teacher's lodge is a very solid three-star movie for me i know you liked it a little more than me
1: oh i liked it yeah i liked it i'm giving it three and a half i just was so caught up in everything going on here and Lian- Liani binesh is one of my top performances of the year she's great here
0: A great uncut gems, stressful level experience if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, Yeah, full time was a good pull because that's what that reminded me of too. Um, All right, let's talk about this last one a French film from a very famed French director. Here is The Crime is Mine. Mon crime (laughs) in French, I believe, is the title. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh. I don't speak French. Je suis une mauvaise actrice,
2: une mauvaise avocate. Nous devons s'employer. Demain, nous serons la rue. C'est une bonne nouvelle. Inspecteur de la Sûreté, vous aviez bien rendez-vous chez Monsieur Montferrand Oui. Monsieur Montferrand est mort. Il a été assassiné. J'avoue que sa mort soudaine est l'un des événements les plus heureux de ma vie. Monsieur Monferrand m'a sauté dessus. Enfin, mademoiselle. C'est un vieux cochon. Et elle aurait cinq ans de prison. Pas forcément. Légitime défense. Alors, c'est moi.
0: Vous avouez, je suis le plus heureux des hommes. Mmh. Moi aussi we mentioned screwball last week with uh anyone but you now we have a proper screwball comedy that feels straight out of the 30s or something uh tell me about this
1: yeah this is the new one from francois ozone and it is it's a callback to the 1930s screwball comedies and it nails it it's a lot of fun the performances are right on the they're right there they're Keeping up with the material, which is all about rat-tat dialogue and people being silly. And it has this whole internal logic going on that I don't want to really get into because it's just how silly can people be? And what does that silliness say about society at large in this specific case where it's about murder and it's about the way that men treat women and all of this stuff? It's a lot of fun. I don't it's that's that's the basics of it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's delightful, witty, charming. I can't decide if it's, you know, feminist necessarily. I guess it is. Or a satirical reactionary response to like the Me Too movement. Because it feels like at times that it's, it's messing with that. So I think it's really, regardless of what it's doing there, I think it's very funny and very clever and smart. I, I wrote down so much dialogue. The one that I like the most is, This crime is getting thorny. Next time I'll commit it myself. It's just very silly turns of phrase about the situation, as you said, rat-a-tat dialogue, that if you're worried about, like, it's a French movie, can I keep up with that in subtitles? Like, yeah, it's still funny. I still had a great Mm -hmm. time reading the jokes or whatever. Um, It's definitely a big satire about society and the way we live today would you say perhaps
1: yeah it's about society it's about the legal system it is very much about hollywood and (laughs) some things that have come up recently but all of this stuff was going on back then and apparently even in paris so this wannabe actress trying to get into a big play producer invites her over to his bachelor pad and you know tries to solicit her to become his mistress and then he's he winds up murdered And the police automatically suspect her because she's the last person who was seen with him. And it all spirals out of control from there. There's this great investigative judge scene where the judge has, he doesn't care about the law. There's a great line where it's like, um, there's a, there's be just in doing justice. There's a difference. And that's what he's doing. He's just doing justice. There's a process to this. You have to find the person. You have to get the evidence against them. You have to have the conclusion figured out before it arrives in court. And then I, I I really love all those little details, and they're all so funny, and the actors are so good. I can't emphasize it enough. All the actors here. From that judge, there's a prosecutor whose his closing argument is essentially we have to convict this woman because otherwise my wife might kill me if I take a mistress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so so many great scenes and so much so much funny dialogue. Oh, I forgot the boyfriend. The boyfriend yeah. who's like he's the heir to this tire empire. And instead of just getting a job yeah either with his dad or just a job period it's like no i'm gonna marry a rich woman because you deserve to have a comfortable life but it's okay because right. she's very plain. she's not as pretty as you so you don't have to feel so there's so much great stuff here and there that's is. just the beginning of that character arc it's d- oh man i mean
0: the plot itself of like why they agreed to say they did a crime they maybe didn't do is so funny and silly yeah and the way it all plays out is great the trial etc yeah it's just kind of a delight it's a very funny movie it's a uh it's very different from things i've seen from the
1: director yeah he does some stuff. comedy yeah. but he's ne- i don't think he's ever done anything this i mean this he's straightforward to the point comedy this is a comedy i think like eight women had some had some humor to it but right. nothing like this and he
0: did the remake of Swimming Pool, right? That's like his biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, that's his big one. Yeah. And then I love Double Lover. Did you, did you review that in 2017? I, didn't see,
1: I don't think I saw that one.
0: I loved it so much when I got the email from the company that made it to send a Blu-ray for press. I was like, yes, I'll take it. So I have that movie. Uh, it's on Movie, if you have that service and you want to see okay. it. Um, really interesting movie that apparently, based on my letterbox, people were very mixed on. But I liked it. Um, but yeah, totally different tone for him, and I think it was really funny. And you just don't see you don't see a 1930 screwball comedy played perfectly like that anymore. Except last year they tried. There was that Sir Sharonin thing that
1: I didn't like at all. Yeah, that was what was that called? See how they I, run. See that was, how they run. I was yeah. I'm like that. That movie should have been Catnip for me, and it didn't work. This one works, and I'm yeah. I it, really it, like it.
0: It, it's striking because I agree. That other movie didn't work at all. And this is the same thing basically. And it's it's much
1: better. Uh
0: the French do it better. What can we say? Uh the say? crime is mine, three stars
1: for me. Uh three stars for me too, but a strong three stars. I really enjoyed this.
0: All right, folks. We will see you in 2024 with some probably to be really really probably really great movies in January to talk about, I'm sure. The the year is usually front loaded with really great content. Uh, But before then, we'll probably have a best of the year, uh, best performances, like what we did last year. Uh, I'm assuming we'll do that. Uh, So thank you for listening. Give us reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're on YouTube, jump over to those other places and give us reviews. Please. Thank you. Goodbye.
2: The show starts in one...